You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. makes with us an everlasting covenant, one that he's in charge of, one that he won't change, one that he will make sure comes about. One of our favorite scriptures that has been coming up all the time, and we say it all the time, and it comes from Philippians 1.6, he who began the work will complete it. God's in charge, and he loves his people, and he loves his people, and he will complete this work. He made one a covenant with Abraham, he made a covenant with David, and they would stand. When a friend or family member makes a promise to you, how sure are you that they will keep their word? It's hard as humans to follow through on every promise we make, but God does not have a problem keeping his word. Today in this message, Pastor Dave reminds us of the unchangeable God we serve. He loves us so much. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 9 as he begins his message, Jehu, a killing machine, commanded and condemned. Second Kings chapter 9. Interesting study we have tonight about a man named Jehu. And he is an interesting character to say the least. And he is commanded by God to do a dastardly deed, you might say. But he seems to get a tad carried away with his charge and therefore eventually becomes condemned by God, but not totally because of that. There are other reasons that we'll look at in his word as we go through his word this evening. So Second Kings 9 and 10, let's pray. Father God, thank you. Lord, it's always, always touching and a blessing to stand before you with your people, with your children, and worship you. Lord, we know that you're with us right now because your scripture says wherever two or three are gathered, you appear in their midst. So we welcome you here tonight, Lord. And Lord, we ask now that you would open up our hearts, settle our hearts, Lord, that we might hear from you. Lord, help us, Lord, to look at these scriptures. And Lord, even though it's a lot of narrative, Lord, but let us glean from these scriptures your word, your true word, because it's here for a reason. There's nothing wasted in this book. There's nothing wasted, Lord. So help us, Lord, now as we move into your word. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, Father God. Bless these saints, Lord, who want to hear from you. Lord, we want to hear from you. So, Lord, speak to our hearts as we open them now by your spirit. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we came through 1 Kings, we remember that Jeroboam and on with his son Omri and on with then Ahab, the kingdom or the northern kingdom of Israel was led into idolatry as they introduced the worship of Baal. They set up idols throughout the land with several golden calves that they set up. They set up altars in the high places. They led the people to worship these foreign gods. And more importantly, they led the people to forsake the one true living God, Jehovah. 
One king was worse than the next. And the scripture says they all did evil in the sight of the Lord. But during the reign of Ahab, things seemed to get really bad. His wife Jezebel had most of the prophets in the land killed. These are the prophets of the true God, Jehovah. She had them killed. And together, she and her husband Ahab conspired to kill a man by the name of Naboth because they wanted his land. They liked his vineyard. So they conspired to have him killed. It seemed that their wickedness had no end. It seemed that their wickedness was done. And every time you study, you'll find that Ahab is right up there among the most wicked kings that the country ever had. But sadly, the southern kingdom didn't do any better. The southern kingdom of Judah didn't escape this evil that had befallen the entire nation, Israel. Jehoram married the daughter of Ahab. And they introduced the worship of Baal into the southern kingdom as well. Both kingdoms were in rebellion against the Lord, and they were polluted by this idolatry. And when you become into idolatry, Bible calls it spiritual adultery, because you've left the one true living God, and you started worshiping a false God, a foreign God. And we talked about this before. It could be anything that comes between you and worshiping the one true living God. But God is not mocked, and the days of judgment have arrived. A day would come where he would end the dynasty of Ahab. Elijah prophesied this in 1 Kings 21. We read and we studied it. But because of Ahab's heart now, in verse 29 of chapter 21, Ahab repented. He repented to God, and he humbled himself before the Lord God, Jehovah. And the Lord said, I will not bring this calamity that was foretold by Elijah onto you during your lifetime, but I'm going to bring it during the time of your son. And as we had studied, the Lord had given Elijah three main things to do. He was to anoint Haziel as king of Syria. He was to anoint Jehu as king of Israel. And he was to make Elisha his replacement. Well, the only thing he did really was anoint Elisha as his replacement. However, he did prophesy against Haziel and against Jehu. And as we studied last week, Elisha anointed Haziel king of Syria. So as we come into tonight's chapters, we see this final act when Jehu becomes king of Israel and is anointed. The scene shifts from all the carryings on of what was going on last week with Ben-Hadad and the whole Hazel thing. It shifts to a town called Ramoth-Gilead. Israel and Judah have formed a strained alliance to come against the king of Syria. And they're fighting against the king of Syria. They're trying to recover their forces. Commanding the army of Israel is a man named Jehu. Now, there's several Jehus in the Bible, but this one is the one we're talking about today. Jehu's name means Jehovah is he. That's what Jehu means. He was the son of Jehoshaphat, not the one who was king of Judah, the other one. 
So Elisha sent a messenger to the commander, and he says these things in verses 1 through 13. Let's read. And Elisha the prophet called one of his, the sons of the prophets and said to him, Get yourself ready. Take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Galid. Now when you arrive at the place, look there for Jehu the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him into the inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not delay. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead, and when he arrived, there were the captains of the army sitting, and he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu said, for which one of us? And he said, for you, commander. Then he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall be perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males of Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Abisha. The dogs shall eat Jezebel on the plot of the ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. I guess I would too after making that kind of a prophecy. Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and he said to him, Is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, You know, the man had his babble. And they said, A lie. Tell us now. So he said, Thus and thus he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him on the top of the steps, and they blew trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. Interesting verses here. So the third command that the Lord gave to Elijah is now passed down to Elisha, and he sends a messenger. He's going to name Jehu as king over Israel. Problem is, he's already king of Israel, so it's going to be a difficult mission to do. There's a problem here when you're already naming a king, when there's already a king, a la David and Saul. There was a problem here. Why didn't Elisha go himself? Well, many people think he was too old. Many people think he was too old. Plus, it was a really a dangerous, dangerous mission because there was a king. And Joram, the son of Ahab, was king at the time. Elisha must have known what was going to happen and the chaos that would follow. So because he said to the guy, when you say this, run, flee, get out of there. The student looks like he comes into a staff meeting and he says he needs a private audience with the commander. They go into a private room and the student anoints Jehu as king by pouring the oil over his hand. Remember, the oil represents Holy Spirit, word over his head. Interesting thing, though, the young student of the prophet called the people of Israel the people of the Lord. That struck me as strange. It was interesting to me. Why? Israel and Judah were separate kingdoms. They were completely disobedient to the Lord's. They were completely, really 
going against everything he was, but they were still the chosen ones, and they were still sons of Abraham. And God still loved them. God makes with us an everlasting covenant, one that he's in charge of, one that he won't change, one that he will make sure comes about. One of our favorite scriptures that has been coming up all the time, and we say it all the time, and it comes from Philippians 1.6. He who began the work will complete it. God's in charge, and he loves his people, and he loves his people, and he will complete this work. He made one a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with David, and they would stand. The people may have turned away from him, but he hasn't forsaken them. He had not forsaken them. God will always keep his word. Why? Simply, in Titus 1-2, God can't lie. God cannot lie. And everything we see that God says comes true. So this student not only anoints Jehu as king, but he also explains to him the work that God was going them to do. What does God want Jehu to do? Wipe out the family of Ahab. Judgment had come to the house of Ahab. Because of all the people that had been killed, the prophets of the Lord, Naboth, and all the incident people that died at the hands of Ahab and Jezebel. It's interesting that he repeats the prophecy of what was going to happen to Jezebel. The prophecy it can be found in 1 Kings 21. He said, the dog shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. Another thing that struck me weird is that the men called the young prophet a madman. Isn't it weird that everybody who proclaims the word of God is viewed as a madman by the world? Maybe some of you have been called mad because you believe in Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you have been called weird or, or crazy or addicted to the Lord because of your devotion to Jesus Christ. Well, you're in good company. They called Jesus a madman. They said he was the son of Beelzebub. They called Paul a madman because his devotion to Jesus Christ. So we're in good condition here. So Jehu is now king. And let the killing begin. Let the killing begin. Let's read 14 through 26. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Jorham. Now Jorham had been defending Ramath-Gilead, he and all Israel, against Haziel, king of Syria. But King Jorham had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds which the Syrians had afflicted on him when he fought with Haziel, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If you are so minded, let no one leave or escape from the city to go and tell it in Jezreel. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram was laid up there. And Azahiah, king of Judah, had come down to see Joram. Now, a watchman stood on the tower of Jezreel and saw the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company of men. And Joram said, Get a horseman and send him to meet him and let him say, Is it peace? So the horseman went to meet him and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported, saying, The messenger went to them, but is not coming back. 
Then he sent out a second horseman who came to them and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported, saying, He went up to them and is not coming back. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshah, for he drives furiously. That was what he's known for. He's known for being a very, very fast chariot driver. He was heavy on the wheel, right? Pedal to the metal and all that neat stuff, right? Then Joram said, Make ready. And his chariot was ready made. Then Joram, king of Israel, and Azahiah, king of Judah, went out, each in his chariot. And they went out to meet Jehu, to meet him on the property of Nahoth, the Jezreelite. You know, nothing goes by the Lord. Here they come back to the same property that Ahab killed. Remember Ahab killed Nahoth because he wanted his vineyard? And here they are on the same exact property. Coincidence? I think not. Now it happened when Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? So he answered, What peace as long as the harlot trees of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft were so many? Then Joram turned around and fled and said to Azahiah, Treachery, Azahiah. Now Jehu drew his bow with full strength and shot Jehoram between his arms. And the arrow came out at his heart and he sank down into his chariot. Then Jehu said to Bidkar, his captain, Pick him up and throw him into the track of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For remember, when you and I were riding together behind Ahab's father, that the Lord laid this burden upon him. Surely I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord, and I will repay you in this plot, says the Lord. Now therefore, take and throw him on the plot of ground according to the word of the Lord. Whew. All right. So the killing has started. Number one is gone. Jehoram. He begins with him. Jehu wanted the element of surprise, so he kept everything from the kid. He didn't let Joram know what was going on. So when Joram saw him coming, he sends out these guys and says, is it peace? Instead of receiving an answer, the two messengers jump ship and they fall in line with Jehu. Well, if you can't beat them, join them, right? I guess, I don't know. Instead of receiving an answer, these two messengers were told, hey, fall in. So they did. When the two didn't return, Jehu says, what's going on? So he and Azahiah, by the way, who is Azahiah to Joram? Anybody know? His nephew. He went out to meet Jehu. Is it peace? I love Jehu's reply here. What peace as long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many? How can there be peace when all she's doing is running around killing people? So they start to run away and he warns his nephew, Azahiah, get out of here. Joram instantly turns his chariot and went as fast as he could. But Jehu, who was an excellent marksman, drew his arrow and shot Joram in the back as he was escaping. It is ironic, but not when it comes to the word of the Lord, that this all happened in the land of Naboth. The land of Naboth. And according to 1 Kings 21, 18, According to 2 Chronicles 22, Jehu also killed all the royal princes as well during this time. Jehu is just getting started. He's just getting the taste for blood. He's just getting really ramped up here to do this thing because you know why? He's doing it for the Lord. And the Lord has told him to do these things, so he's going to do it for the Lord. Let's read 27 to 29. But when Azahiah, king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the road of Beth Hagan. So Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him also in the chariot. And they shot him at the ascent of Gore. 
which is by Ibelin. Then he fled to Megiddo and died there. And his servants carried him to the chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in his tomb with his fathers in the city of David. And in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Azahiah had become king over Judah. So now we have this thing. He catches them, he kills them, and they bury him with the tomb of his fathers. Remember, he's from Judah. He's of the line of David, but he's doing wrong also. He's also leading people into idolatry. There's a heavy price to pay when you lead people astray. The heavy price to pay when you lead people astray, especially if you have to handle the Word of God. It's really extremely important. And those of us who have been blessed with the gift of teaching and who teach here at Calvary Chapel, there's a huge responsibility on us. We never take it lightly teaching God's Word because there is a huge responsibility to, as Paul directed Timothy, to correctly divide God's Word. And it's a huge responsibility. We need to sit before the Lord and allow the Spirit to move in our hearts so that we can correctly divide His Word. Will we make a mistake? Absolutely, because we're men. We're fallen men, sinners. But through the Holy Spirit, we can continue to move on and kind of glean from His Word and try to think. It's a very, very huge responsibility. Jehu is following God. Jehu has been commanded by God to do these things, to wipe these guys out, to get rid of Ahab's dynasty. And he's doing that with great zeal. Had Ahab not compromised and fallen in with Joram and worshiped Baal, this would have never happened to him. Excuse me, Azahiah. This would have never happened. Had he not followed after his mother's wickedness, he would have been spared this shame and defeat. We see this prophecy concerning Jezebel's death come to pass. It's interesting. And as we begin to read now, we see Jezebel's death. As we come to our next thing, 30 through, what do I got, 36 or so? Yeah, 36 through 37. Let's read. Now, when Jehum had come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. And she put paint on her eyes and adorned her head and looked through a window. And then as Jehu entered at the gate, she said, Is it peace, Zimri, murderer of your master? And he looked up at the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? So two or three eunuchs looked out at him. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses. And he trampled her underfoot. And when he had gone in and ate and drank, then he said, Go now, see to this accursed woman and bury her, for she was the king's daughter. So they went out to bury her. But they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Therefore they came back and told him and said, This is the word of the Lord which was spoken by the servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, On the plot of ground at Jezreel dog shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the course of Jezebel shall be as refuse on the surface of the field in the plot of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, Here lies Jezebel. Oof. Why does Jezebel call Jehu Zimri? Well, that she does. She calls him. He says, is it peace, Zimri, murderer of your master? You are Our time with you today has come to an end on a sure hope. But in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 2 Kings. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. 
Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We gather each week for a time of worship and Bible study. Our service times are Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more details. If you prefer email, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube Live. Just look for a link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 2 Kings. We're looking forward to the next edition as Pastor Dave will share more from this Old Testament book about the rise and fall of many kings. There are lessons to be learned about leaders who were just people. May what you hear give you a sure hope. Rescue.